today we're going to be looking at the next chapter that centers around the beginning of the Great Tribulation and that is Revelation chapter 10. From my perspective this is a pretty difficult um, passage of scripture to interpret in terms of what will it look like when it actually happens. Is it going to be a spiritual event where we in the first heaven don't see it or is it going to be something that we actually see? So the usual people that I refer to here is from Matthew Henry and Constable and all the other references that I um, used growing up, learned from growing up like Derek Prince etc. Now let's get into it. Let me read to you out of the Amplified Version, the first, the, the 11 verses of um, chapter 10, Revelation chapter 10. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed in a cloud, with a rainbow, a halo over his head. And his face was like the sun, and his feet, legs, were like columns of fire. And he had a little book, a scroll, a little scroll, opened in his hand. He set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the, on the land and he shouted with a loud voice like the roaring of a lion, compelling attention and inspiring awe. And when he had shouted out, the seven peals of thunder spoke with their own voices, uttering their message in distinct words. Verse 4. And when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write, but, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder had spoken, and do not write them down. Then the angel whom I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to swear an oath to heaven. Verse 6. And he swore an oath by the name of him who lives forever and ever, who created the heaven and all things in it, and the earth and all things in it, and the sea and all things in it. That there will be no delay, that there will be delay no longer. Now that is the crucial thing I want you to pick up out of this passage of scripture. That there will be no delay any longer. Verse 7. But when it but <clears throat> excuse me, but when it is time for the trumpet call of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God, that is, his hidden purpose and plan, is finished. As he announced the gospel to his servants, the prophets. Verse 8. Then the voice which I had heard from heaven, I heard again speaking to me and saying, Go, take the book, the scroll, which is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. Verse 9. So I went up to the angel and told him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. So I took the little book from the angel's hand and ate it. And in my mouth it was as sweet as honey. But once I swallowed it, my stomach was bitter. Then they said to me, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and languages and kings. As I said, for me, pretty strange passage of scripture and I, I pick out generally two things. I'm going to go through this verse by verse for you, but I generally pick up two things out of this. And the first one is that for me, this angel 
is similar to a ring announcer. You know, you, 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 the, the scene I'm trying to give to you is, is, is a prize fight, a boxing prize fight. And the ring, ring announcer steps in and now announces the beginning of the fight. And this angel comes down and announces that God is finished now. This is it. It is done. There's no longer delay. Jesus is coming. And the, the second thing is the fulfillment of what God has said is now going to take place. Now it's interesting. I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview in terms of chapter 12 where the devil comes down and is filled with rage. Just in, imagine this. this is, all these things are taking place simultaneously. The, well, not, not this way, but this way, the angel from the abyss comes out. The king of the king uh, Apollyon and all his millions of angels, demons, come out and a five-month campaign of pain, inflicting pain on, on, on mankind that do not have the mark of God, begins. This angel now comes down in and around the same time and announces this is it the end is taking place chapter 12 the devil comes down also in and around the same time restricted to planet earth the first heaven and however far the first heaven goes out in terms of the atmosphere and he knows now that God now has said in this chapter the end has now come so this chapter basically is broken down into a couple of sections the first section is the first four verses, and we look at the angel of this, the, this angel. Some people call him the angel of a covenant, and he presents the scroll, followed by the seven thunders speaking. Verse 5 to 7, the end of the following prophecies in terms of time is going to be no more. In terms of when the seventh trumpet sounds, when Jesus returns, the prophecies now are going to be no more. And then verse 8 to 10, a voice directs the prophet, the apostle, to eat the book. And then in verse 11, he gets told to go out and prophesy further. So let's just look at this a little bit in depth. Um, and this is an interruption to the sequel. As we've seen in the, seven, uh, the, the seals, this is an interruption continuing on interrupting the trumpets. So between the 6th and 7th trumpet, we've got this interruption taking place. And there was a whole lot of other revelations that take place as an interruption between the 6th and the 7th trumpet. Um, Alright, let's look at this pause. Verse 1, Amplified. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed in a cloud with a rainbow halo over his head. And his face was like the sun and his feet, his legs, were like columns of fire. Some people think that this is Jesus Christ. I don't agree with that interpretation. Others think that it's one of the big angels, the archangels, either Gabriel, who is the sort of the messenger angel, or Michael, that we've seen coming out of Daniel, both of them coming out of Daniel chapter 8, chapter 12, etc. Again, I don't agree with this view. What I do think about this angel, it is a powerful angel. This is a powerful angel who has a very, very powerful message. He descends from heaven as a messenger angel of God. Similar to the angel that has the key. Very, very powerful angel. We are dealing with powerful angels here at this point. 
So an angel that unlocks the abyss, powerful. The king Apollyon coming out, a powerful angel. And this angel here with this message is a powerful angel. And he is robed in a cloud, talking about his, his heavenly origin and also talking about his connection to judgments. Look at these scriptures here. Revelation chapter 14, verse 15 to 16, Amplified. Another angel came out of heaven, calling with a loud voice to him who is sitting upon the cloud, put in your sickle and reap. And then in verse 16, so he who is sitting on the cloud cast his sickle over the earth. Now, as opposed to the pictures of the, the, the this, um, baby angels sitting on these little clouds, the, the, these, are, these are powerful, powerful angels and, and, and coming in and their job is to bring judgment. Look at this one, Matthew 24 verse 30 out of the Amplified. And at that time, the sign of the Son of Man coming in His glory will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth and especially Israel will mourn, regretting their rebellion and rejection of the Messiah. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. So you have another illustration of Jesus coming in the clouds. Uh, Mark 13, 16. Mark's version of, of this and we'll look at Luke 21, 27, Luke's version. The Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, in royal majesty and splendor. Uh, Luke 21, 27, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with transcendent, overwhelming power, subduing the nations with great glory. So this angel is, is crowned with the rainbow, which is a symbol of God's faithfulness and mercy. His, his, his countenance, his face radiates, uh, reflecting the glory and the majesty of God. And, the, and his legs and feet are like pillars of fire, which manifest the holiness, the mercy and the judgment of God. So now this very, very powerful angel comes down. Whether the whole world will see and hear or whether it will just be the supernatural beings that are interacting on earth from the enemy to the other who will see and hear I don't know but this powerful angel now descends verse 2 chapter 10 verse 2 amplified and he had a little book a scroll opened in his hand he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. So let's look, about, look at the scroll. It seems that this scroll is just a little bit different to the scroll that Jesus unrolls in chapter 5 that begins the whole seven-year period. Um, so he, John, John uses a different Greek word for this scroll. And... The tense that the, of, of the Greek here was that it was opened. So someone had opened the scroll. And this scroll was opened in the hands of this angel. The angel with the scroll is now standing astride the land and the sea. His, his, his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. 
which symbolizes authority over the whole world. Revelation chapter 7 verse 2, Then I saw another angel coming up from the rising of the sun, holding the seal of the living God. And with a loud voice he called out to the four angels to whom it was granted to have authority and power to harm the earth and the sea. So we see now what is transpiring are global events, global announcements, global authority. And we see these powerful angels coming down from God that have authority over the globe, over the earth. Let's move on. Verse 3. And he shouted with a loud voice like the roaring of a lion. So it's compelling attention and inspiring awe. And when he had shouted out, the seven peals of thunder spoke with their loud voices, uttering their message in distinct words. So he cries out. And when he shouts out, seven peals of thunder spoke in their own voices. So thunder sort of warns us of impending judgments. Thunder warns us of a storm. We're in the middle of a storm. Lightning is coming. That's the best I can do with that passage, that verse of scripture. Verse 10. And when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder had spoken and do not write them down. So this is probably God or the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to John and saying to John, listen, you're not permitted to write about the recorded judgments that these seven thunders have now revealed. What does this mean? This could mean that God has not revealed in Scripture all the judgments that are going to take place during the tribulation period. It could mean that. I don't know. But it could mean that. As I said at, at the beginning of this um, podcast, this is a strange chapter from my perspective. Verse 5. So let's look at verse 5 to 7. We'll go through them individually. Verse 5. Then the angel whom I'd seen standing on the sea and the land raised his right hand to swear an oath to heaven. Now this is why I don't think that this angel is the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, because he swears an oath to heaven. So it, 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 this angel takes an oath and he swears it by God. And so from my perspective it confirms that this angel is not God. He lifts his right hand to God, which is a customary gesture of making a solemn oath. And that is carried down even into our court system today where we raise our right hand and um, swear that we're going to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Verse 6. And he swore an oath by the name of him who lives forever and ever, who created the heaven and all the things in it, and the earth and the things in it, and the sea and the things in it. And there was no, and there will be no delay I, I, I get that cross cross line all the time. That there will be delay no longer. Underline that. That's important. That there will be delay no longer. The oath emphasizes the certainty of his announcement. What 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 is about to happen is extremely important. And he swears this oath before God, the eternal creator, who is the one that will cause what has been said to happen. And this appeals to the force of the oath that he's taken, the certainty of its outcome. 
His message, this angel specifically comes down with this one message. No more delay. This is it. No more cycles. No more repeats. No more long suffering. It is now going to end. And verse 7 in, in, in Daniel chapter 12 has this kind of affirmation as well. Amplified. And I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river. As he held up his right hand and his left hand towards heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times and half a time, three and a half years. And as soon as they finished shattering and crushing the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. Let's jump back to verse 7, Revelation chapter 10. But when it is time for the trumpet call of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God, that is, his hidden purpose and plan, is finished as he announced the gospel to his servants, the prophets. The mystery of God, and I'm not going to go into a study on the various mysteries. I think I've done it in a previous podcast, but I'll probably touch on it later on as well. But from my perspective here, probably refers to God's revelation to his people of his plans for humanity that he makes known to his prophets that he makes known to his apostles that he makes known to his people that the people in the world do not understand because they do not perceive these things from a spiritual matter through the guidance of the Holy Spirit so I think that this specifically refers to what is going to take place with regards to the kingdoms of the world and how the kingdoms of the world which were under Satan are now going to become the kingdoms of the Lord Jesus Christ. The mystery is finished. In a sense, now there's going to be no more revelation. This also takes me back to remind me of the verse of scripture with regards to the seven years and what God is going to accomplish in those seven years. So it's about to end. This angel comes down and says, now it is about to end. He has revealed the plans of the future kingdom to his servants of prophets. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 2. God, having spoken to the fathers long ago, in the voices and the writings of the prophets, in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of truth and in many ways. Verse 2. Has in these last days spoken with finality to us in the one in the person of of one who is by his character and nature his son namely Jesus whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things through whom he also created the universe that is the universe as a space-time matter continuum remember I'm reading now the amplified version which amplifies uh, Greek concepts into English I like it when I do my Bible studies so through the prophets, as I mentioned to you, the mysteries of God's plan has been revealed. Jeremiah chapter 7, 25. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I've persistently sent you all my servants, the prophets, send them daily, early and late. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 4, amplified. 
although the Lord has persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets, you have not listened nor ever inclined your ear to hear his message. Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret plan of the judgment to come to his servant, the prophets. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, let's move on to chapter 8 to 11, the instructions of this angel. So let's look at these passages of scripture. I want to read verses 8 to 11. Revelation chapter 10, Amplified. Verse 8. Then the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking to me and saying, Go, take the book, the scroll, which is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So then I went up to the angel and told him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but it will turn your mouth. But in, but in your mouth, it will be as sweet as honey. Verse 10. So I took the little book from the angel's hands and ate it. And in my stomach, it was as sweet as honey. But once I swallowed it, my stomach was bitter. In my mouth, sorry, it was sweet as honey. But once I swallowed it, it was bitter. Verse 11. Then they said to me, you must prophesy again concerning many people and nations and languages and kings. Now, it seems to me that when people look to future events, they, they, they look with pleasure. Uh, they, they really desire, they want to, they want to know about, want to know about what's going to happen at the end. And, um, you know, they really love, there's a fascination with regards to looking into the future and trying to understand things that take place in the future. With regards to good men, all good men love to receive a word from God with regards to what's happening in the future. But oftentimes what takes place in the future, as they go through it, will be very, very difficult. Let me give you a little bit of a, an example. Around the 80s, as a young pastor, I received a prophetic word with regards to spiritual warfare and what God was going to reveal to me regarding spiritual warfare. I was very excited. I was so happy to receive this word. It was really sweet to my mouth. But then the Lord took me into the field of training, the desert training of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you can read about and listen to all my um, teachings on spiritual warfare through our podcasts. And they began to actually teach me on spiritual warfare. And so the, the, the prophetic word I'm going to teach you about spiritual warfare was exciting. But actually going through the training was not so exciting, was not so enjoyable because I had to learn warfare and, and all aspects of warfare. And it was bitter to me. And this is, I think, what is taking place here with regards to John. You know, you're going to hear a lot of things. You're going to eat a lot of things. And it's going to, well, it's going to be fantastic. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> but when Jesus comes back, the whole world gets turned upside down on its axis. And that's not nice to live through. Um, so <clears throat> the sweetness is understanding the future. The bitterness, from my perspective, could be having to live through it and understanding what's going to take place when we actually go through living through it. Eating is a universal idiom for receiving knowledge. Eating a scroll probably represents getting the, the new revelation from the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 9 to chapter 3 verse 3. 
no, I'm going to read Ezekiel chapter 2, 9 to 10, and then Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Then I looked, and I saw a hand stretched out towards me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it was written on the front and the back, and written on it were words of lamentation, funeral songs, and mourning and woe. Chapter 3, verse 1. He said to me, Son of man, eat what you find in this book. Eat the scroll, then go speak to the house of Israel. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. He said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll that I'm giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. We go to Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 15 to 17. O Lord, you know and understand. Remember me thoughtfully. Take notice of me. Take vengeance for me on my persecutors. Do not in view, in view of your patience take me away. Know that, you, know that for your sake I endure continual rebuke and dishonor. Verse 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became a joy to me and a delight to my heart. For I have been called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Verse 17. I did not sit with a group of those who celebrate, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because your powerful hand was upon me. For you have filled me with indignation at their sin. So, the, the concept of eating a scroll or a book, from my perspective, is the concept of, of absorbing revelation from God and then processing it, living through it, preaching it. So the angel told, told, told John that this revelation would taste bitter, uh, but he would find it sweet to eat, but bitter afterwards. And for me, as I said, this suggests that the, the receiving a word from the Lord is, is, is sweet, it's wonderful. But processing that word and giving that word out becomes a bitter task because it's going to isolate you from the rest of mankind because the rest of mankind currently even in the church do not want to listen and take heed to the warnings of God regarding the, the judgment that he's going to be bringing and the end of his long suffering and you are, you are coming along and you're warning people about that but they do not want to listen they do not want to be accountable they do not want to hear so the, the, the Lord wants John to communicate this new revelation that is contained in this little scroll that he had eaten, that he had consumed. And these prophecies now coming out concern different people, concern different nations, different language groups and different leaders. Now, the specific mention of kings is interesting because it reflects the sovereignty of God and, 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 and uh, it anticipates the judgments that are coming. So look at these verses in Revelation. Revelation chapter 16 verse 14. For they are actually the spirits of demons performing miraculous signs and they go out to the kings of the entire inhabited earth to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. So that's the seventh trumpet coming. And so this message goes out and, and, and we'll get to chapter 16 and have a look at that passage of scripture in depth later on. Chapter 17, 10. And there, were, there are seven kings. 
five of whom have fallen, one exists and is reigning, the other, the seventh, has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain a little while. And he's talking about the Antichrist. Verse 12, chapter 17. The ten horns that you saw are ten kings whom have not yet received a kingdom, but together they receive authority as kings for a single hour for a common purpose along with the beast. Now, let's, let's, wrap, let's wrap this up. What is this going to look like? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I like to, when I'm dealing with eschatology, end times, understand or try and understand what is this going to look like for me in my current time if it happens. So, in a situation like this when I don't have a clear answer, what I do is I go back to what I taught you in the introduction to hold things lightly in my hand. We are talking about events that are around the beginning of the Great Tribulation. So we're midway through and the seven years. And we are starting the last three and a half years. And a lot of things are going to start to unfold in and around this point in time. So we've got the first event of Wormwood and we've got the second event of Wormwood which I've said to you I think is a five-month period. Three and a half years in we've got the seals and then we've got no no sorry before this three and a half years prior to this we've got the seals and now we've got the first four trumpets which was the Wormwood event and now we've got in between here a five-month period before we get to the second Wormwood event which could possibly coincide with the bold judgments. In between here now we have the beginning of the Great Tribulation. If I'm correct within a two and a half month period of Wormwood which is the signaler of what's coming now we have these events taking place. So what will this one look like? Well, possibly it is a spiritual event. What I'm saying is that possibly only the angels are going to hear about this announcement. Because from my perspective, it could possibly be a message to Satan and his angels to say, right, this is it. Your time has ended. Now it's going to happen. You have your three and a half years. Start, start your engines. Go for it. You've got three and a half years and you've got all these events taking place that build up to the Battle of Armageddon. Because what you're going to see now in all these events taking place, for example, those demon spirits that look like frogs coming out to the people of the earth, the leaders of the earth, to gather them to Armageddon. Everything is a gathering to Armageddon now. Everything is a gathering to fight Jesus now. Keep him off planet earth. Revelation 19, 19. So this is an announcement by God, one, my first view, to the angels to say, now we have started. You, the, the, there's no, no longer going to be another cycle. It could be also heard by the Babylonian human elements. Remember, Babylon is a, is a, conf, a, a, a configuration or a, I forgot the word now, mm. But anyway, it's a gathering together of the 
angelic forces and their human counterparts to govern the world. It's the, it's the opposite of the kingdom of God. It's the opposite of the rule of Christ. It's the rule of Satan. And so the announcement could go out and it could be heard by the NWO people, the New World Order people, the Illuminatists, the Satanists, the enemies of God. They could hear it as well. If they hear it, then I suspect that the godly people will hear it as well. So whatever happens, however it's going to look, there is an announcement by God, in my estimation, of the start of the three and a half years. And so you've got all of these events taking place. So let's look at uh, the, the, my final point here is, is let's look at events that start the Great Tribulation period. So you have this mighty angel coming down, feet on the land and on the sea, giving this announcement, time's up. You have this mighty angel coming down with the keys to the abyss, unlocking the abyss. Out comes the king of the abyss, King Abaddon, King Apollyon, with his over 200 million demonic angels that have the power to inflict pain for five months on mankind. So you've got the two events now indicating the start of the Great Tribulation. And as we go into the next um, parenthetical chapters in Revelation, before we pick up the, 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 the bold judgments again, we are going to be looking at and building a list of all these events that are going to take place that signal the beginning of the Great Tribulation. So let me just recap very quickly. Two events so far. One, Apollyon is released with his angels to now inflict pain on mankind. Number two, this mighty angel comes down and announces time's up for the devil, his angels. And literally you've got three and a half years before the angel of the abyss now seals it up again with the devil in it. Well, that's it for now. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any questions, just email us and I'll do my best to answer them in either a podcast form or personally by email. Uh, and in the next podcast, we're going to be looking at chapter 11. Thank you. God bless.